Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 477 of the JV Club with my marvelous boy of summer. P.S. You're going to be so happy if you stick around to the end to hear a certain someone's cover of Boys of Summer. JPC. JPC, of course, is the third co-host of Hey Riddle Riddle. I've already had Adol Rafai and Aaron Keefe on, so you already know how much I adore them all and how much I love being even a tiny part of that podcast. One of my favorite things to do, period. So I was so excited to sit down with JPC, with Japes, as some call him, and talk to him about his teenage years and more. Hope everyone's doing well. If you are in the San Diego area uh, and you are listening to this episode when it drops, tomorrow, Friday the 22nd, I will be at SDCC San Diego Comic-Con with Dante. We're going to be doing a live Braving the Elements there. If you are in the Chicago area Two weeks from then, that's that first weekend of August, I will be at the C2E2 Comic-Con. So hopefully there's an opportunity for me to see some of you in person at one of those places. And I got to tell you whether I will or won't see you in person, which I hope I do. I still hope you're doing very well. And I will still talk to you next week. I definitely have lost recordings. I've, you know what I mean? Like, I, or sure. I, I've forgotten to record a backup. But I think because I do a lot of things, people are like, well, she can't. I mean, if she's got this much going on, surely she's super, super fastidious in type A. And that's, that's, I, that's not the case. I mean, I'm not a total mess, but. I, 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 I give Casey a hard time for being a perfectionist, but. I'm just a perfectionist that um, I feel like maybe manages it uh, a little. I, I can give the appearance that I'm very chill, but I'm Mr. Organization. So, like, I, I dot every I and check every T, but it's just because okay. that's, like, that's the way that I have to function. That's just yeah. what my brain does, so. Yeah. But you, so that's enjoyable, though, because I bet people think that you're, because you're so funny and you've created this persona on the podcast, uh, on Hey Riddle Riddle, I should say. That is that is sort of like I don't fucking care. Yeah, that, that's kind of a great alter ego for somebody who checks every eye. Mm-hmm. I do I do like the persona a little better, and I like it. I like how people see that one because uh, that's the fun one, right? Like I, yeah. I I like to have fun, but I'm like a I'm a, a quiet like introvert. I'm very I don't really love like social things at all either. So mm-hmm. it's it, it is fun for me to get to like play against that type. Yeah. On your other podcast, are you when you're listening to when you're listening and commenting and finding new music and all that kind of stuff? Are you? Uh, are you? Is that because that almost seems like it could be like ca- cataloging a thing? Like that there could be more of a sense of kind of like law and order <laughs> to it. it I'm it really, exaggerating that. Yeah, I do feel like I'm playing less of a character on that uh, on that show. Um, but also, it's not like a comedy podcast. It's like right. It's a music review podcast that I think is like interesting but it's really just like a vanity project for me and my friend to like listen to music that we don't we wouldn't really listen to it's so smart there's so much like that in podcasting where i learn more than uh, than i ever cared about things outside of podcasting i feel like it's made me podcasting has definitely made me smarter a more well-rounded person and if i need to do something and stick to that task in a period of time you might as well just make a podcast about it. That's going to keep me on point. I know. You it, know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, exactly. And it, it was one of those things where I wanted to learn how to edit podcasts too. So I was like, oh, if I have my own and just 
do all the editing for it, then I'll I'll be able to do that. And it's yeah. it is fun. It's like a it's interesting to like pick up another skill set. And God forbid if anything ever happened where Casey um, couldn't uh, edit for some reason, I would be yeah. able to uh, edit uh, a Hayward Overdale episode and people would comment, be like, why is the editing on this one so weird? And I'm like, uh-huh. because I did it. And uh-huh. I, but I did it. But I could <laughs> but, do it. Theoretically, yeah, could I could Aaron do or, it. Or, or Adel say that they could do that? Do they have the... Could they edit the podcast? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. But I also, I don't think they have any desire to. Whereas it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is an interesting thing. And I do have a desire to like learn how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, should we talk shit about that? I mean, it's the first time you well, and I have I, ever been alone together. I know. So I could blast speak. off all day. This is a lot of opportunity just sitting here in the black void of empty space behind you. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday because I was like, I love like roasting people, but I don't love the idea of a roast. Like I don't love the formalized like, hey, everybody get together and like roast a person because you really can only really roast people that you know really well. Um, because I feel like you have to like, otherwise a roast is just about how people look. Like, hey, this guy's teeth suck or whatever, and it's like that's <laughs> that to me is not fun. Uh, but here's, it is fun to roast my friends. Here's what I have to say: I would argue, and I'm not sure I have the cash to back this up that's not an expression i would argue that you like to raz people oh for sure and that you don't like the idea of a roast yeah i i love i love a raz but I, that seems like a gentle that seems like a gentler roast like I, among friends i guess that's how i ca- that that's maybe what i think of i think of a, a nice raz you probably get this too but when you do a thing and you put it out in the public like especially with adeline aaron we know each other really well and then that influences the way that we talk about each other and then someone else will like that you know, we don't know will be like hey you couple of douchebags and it's like okay man like i've never <laughs> met you before like <laughs> I know. if a stranger said that to you you would be upset right like you wouldn't like that and it, it so the, the parasocial aspect of it is weird yeah. but i do also i like i said I fucking love to razz. I love to razz. Yeah. Do you feel ready to razz? Like, do you, how do you feel about working level with me? You don't feel at all like you could be ready to razz with me. I mean, it's very confusing. Speaking of parasocial relationships, which is a term I only knew about like maybe a month ago, <laughs> and is a great is a great term that should have existed a long time before and probably didn't. I just didn't know it. It's very confusing to be called the fourth host of a podcast that you love. Oh yeah. Uh, knowing you have no business being called that and. <laughs> There's a sense of like fast forwarding, and I know obviously Adel a little better, but there's a sense of being thrust in like 80 at 88 miles per hour into a podcast where you want to feel like you are that because I'm such a fan of you guys, but like I don't. I don't record with you. I mean, you record so many episodes. Yeah. And then I come in, I'm like, yes, I'm fired up. I'm ready. I've been doing my homework because I listen to podcasts. And it's it's worse. It's worse that I listen to the podcast because then I'm extra aware how out of place I am. Well, it's I don't a know. nightmare. So I, there's no good way to say you're going to stop doing someone's podcast. <laughs> this, to me, felt the most gentle... You seem like you're gonna be the least upset about it. I, I, if you're gonna tell, if you're gonna tell bad news to anyone, it's probably gonna be to me because I'll be right. the, I will be the best at dealing with bad news. Um, right. So it's, it sucks to hear. Uh, or good news. Or good or news. You, or you might also this if this is you flip it and are you the best person to give good news to? Probably not because uh-huh. if you want if you have good news and you want a reaction from that good news, you probably right. don't want to give it to me because I'll be like, oh great, good news, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, which is which is not necessarily I think what what people are looking for when they deliver good news. Yeah, yeah. That's again, you kind of remind me of my friend Cole in that way because he is such an energetic, fast, funny improviser, and I always mistake 
that persona for somebody who's going to be cartoonishly happy when <laughs> things happen. I've been collaborating with him on so many different things for like 20 years or something. Um, and I'm still surprised when I'm like, oh, my God, we got it. And he's like, I know. That's cool. Huh? That's yeah. cool. And I'm like, but. You're the guy who makes, like, screeching dinosaur sounds for no reason on stage. Like, where's that guy? Yeah. I want that guy to show up for my good news. Come on. It, it, it's interesting also with being an improviser. And I've been an improviser for, like, 20 years. So it's just been a long time of doing this thing where you – a lot of times you're just really excited to work with whoever, right? Like, yeah. I, I spent a long time, like, playing with specific people, you know, on teams and stuff. But then I would do pickup shows where you're just like, hey, great. I get to play with this person who I've admired their work for for a while. And you can just kind of slip into it. And sure, maybe it won't be the, like, smoothest transition. But I do feel like it's this built-up skill of being able to integrate into – you know, quasi-social situations very easily. And I think with us being like, Janet, fourth host, it's very much the energy of like, we're improvisers. We really, we think that we can slot, you know, not nothing. This is not a slight against you, but we could slot anyone in in a very welcoming way, but not knowing that maybe not everyone feels like up to that task. So sometimes when we ask people to do the show, we're like, this is a show you have to improvise on. And some people are like, oh, that terrifies me. We forget right. about the part where it terrifies them. Or at least I do, because yeah. it doesn't terrify me. So I'm like, oh, it's really bad. Like, you don't have to worry about it being good. Like, it's <laughs> it could be really, really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I I think, too, I mean, again, just sort of getting the, the difference between... I mean, it was so fun doing the live show with you guys because, you know, it's just a different energy and it felt for and sure. for me I felt so much more like oh this like I could do this every week yeah. with these three people <laughs> forever and I would be happy and I feel like I'm holding like I'm like I'm keeping up my end I'm holding up my end um and that's and that is you know it is sort of different having to do the zoom thing but I feel like you guys have really like the how still solid you are as improvisers is fantastic for being separated. What's funny is that I definitely like in person better, but I don't miss in person because yeah. the the little things that were annoying to me about recording in person, um, which are, a lot of them are like little technical things because I do think of this as like, oh, ultimately this is to reach people's ears. And even like yeah. with my um, like sound setup in my space, when you record in person, you get like mic bleed on each other's mics and stuff like totally that. It's true. it's messy. It's a little dirty. Um, for our sound editors, you know, purposes, it's much easier to use our auto audio from, you know, uh, from remote. And so, like that stuff, I consider when I'm like, how how is this? I you know, a, a, as a recording medium, I, I don't miss it. I don't really miss in person that much. I and that. I don't really think I had that big of a problem like swapping into the the Zoom of it all. Yeah. In general, I don't miss live performances for all of the things that I always hated about live performances, which was leaving my house. Yeah, exactly. Um, traffic. And parking. traffic and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and then I get there and then I feel like, oh, um, but I don't know that, that that probably resets every time. Like every time now I'm going to do a live thing, which is still very rare. But I also was never a person... Hey everybody! This is the about Hey Riddle Riddle podcast. As you know, <laughs> Shit, I will. I talk to people about their teenage years. No, it's my fault. I'm like I'm excited to nerd out about your podcast with you. Uh, I talk to people about their teenage riddles, um, riddles, riddle, riddle, live show riddle, mm -hmm, improvisers mm -hmm, riddle, mm -hmm. and this has been the JV Club. Um, no, I I I think uh, it, I think it resets, and I still feel a sense of dread every time I have to leave. And I never did the like I'm on a team, and it's the same team, and we perform every week. 
Like, I never, I actually didn't really do that. I oh, mean, I've, really? I've, I've never been that long-term consistent about being on one improv team. So that's not even a, a dynamic I'm used to. And so even just doing live shows is not, like, built into my schedule enough and hasn't been for such a long time that when I have one, I'm like, oh, how does this work? I, you know? That That's so interesting to me because the, I, I for, for, for sure with improv, I feel like, I've loved doing it for as long as I've done it, but the the best shows of my life have been with the people that I performed with like regularly. I mean, I had my um, my independent team in Chicago hosted a show for four years, um, and you know those were some of the most fun shows that I ever did because it was with my three best friends and we were just like playing and having fun together. Um, and then just the the especially at IO uh, RIP the Herald structure of you getting like combined onto a Herald team. Um, you know, I, I was on a, a team for five years, and it was it was great. I mean, we learned how to play with each other. We learned each other's idiosyncrasies. We learned each other's language, right? Like, we knew exactly what move someone was calling for when they were calling for it. And that was so satisfying because you get to – it truly gets to be a little bit of magic. You put it in front of an audience, mm-hmm. and people think – I mean, people would legit, they'd come up to you and say, that was scripted, right? Like there yeah. was, there was plan. It's like, no, I just know when to let, you know, when to let Brad go and when to like edit, you know? So it's, it's just, it's a learned skill, but it's, it is, it's very fun to see and it's very fun to do well. I love that you told me uh, you very early on in this conversation, you um, iterate, you reiterated that you are a, a sort of a quiet person when the teen photo that you sent me um, is like a professional photo backdrop and you are a Muppet. I mean, I, you're, you're, you're essentially a Muppet. I, I will say this. I will say I I get my recharge time alone, right? I, yeah, lo- I love I love my like introvert. I'm like 51% introvert, you know, 49 outrovert, but yeah. or extrovert, outrovert. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, a lot of what I do as a performer is like big, broad and extroverted so it's like yeah if i if, if it's a photo of me i'm performing uh <laughs> for, for, the, for the majority of it i mean it's a great picture i can't see what your um like your jersey i mean i guess i'm saying jersey but like it, it was a jersey I can't see what your henley i don't know what the, what it, it was it was a like a baseball, baseball jersey something. style yeah. uh, shirt that i had purchased um at uh io back when it was improv olympic um i had just right, gone yeah. there that, that picture is from my junior year. And so I had just gone to Chicago with my buddy Rick for an intensive at Second City when we were both 17. And we spent every night at I.O. Uh, Improv Olympic was what it – no, I guess – was it still I.O. at that point? It doesn't matter. Oh, um, I forget why it changed and had to become I. They I. got sued by the Olympics. Apparently the Olympics, <laughs> they don't love people just calling something the Olympics when it's not the Olympics. That's so stupid. Yeah, it's like how you can't that's, have a. What's uh... the risk? No one's show, I mean, all these jokes have been made before, I'm sure, when it happened. But like, no one's going to show up at the Improv Olympic and be like, oh, "I thought yeah. this was the Olympics." This isn't sponsored by the Olympics, <laughs> huh? Interesting. I thought improv was a uh, accepted that Olympic sucks. sport. Uh, yeah, it's it's like it's like calling your uh, improv theater like the Super Bowl improv theater. It's just like you're yeah. going to get sued for, uh, for that behavior. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was my first time seeing like Chicago improv when I was 17 and I was already in from, see how expert this is, uh, from, from Indianapolis where you were a teenager, where I was a teenager. Yes. Um, Established it. I, I, I started doing improv when I was like 14 and you know, I I saw like comedy sports is what we had in Indianapolis and I was on like the comedy sports high school leagues and to go and see it being done in Chicago, like poof, blew my mind. Yeah. 
Are uh, there people that you that you would go specific? Like, I know you did the intensive, but was the, were there a particular couple of people or like certain teams where you were like, that's yes, that's my aspiration. That style feels so me. It feels like like my version of like I remember the first time I saw Conan O'Brien do uh, his late night show and being like, oh, my God, like that. I know that guy. Like, I don't know Johnny Carson. Yeah. I don't know Dave Letterman. I certainly don't know Jay Leno. Like, those aren't people I know. And seeing Conan was the first person that I was like, oh, I know you. I could watch this. You know what I mean? I, I definitely saw um, I, I definitely saw some celebrities or, you know, quote unquote celebrities. Like I saw when I was 17 um, and now I, I'm. This sucks because I forget his name. I saw Ike Barinholtz. Super, super famous. Ike Barinholtz and his brother, uh, whose name yeah. I don't remember, but his last name is Barinholtz. I know that yes. much. Because uh, they were doing a show with our teacher, whose name was Ryan Archibald, who was teaching us at Second City. And I remember seeing Ike Barinholtz and being like, oh, that's, yeah, I know him. Um, and their yeah. show was wonderful. But I saw so many other shows of just people, like not celebrities. As Chicago is, you know, th- there there was not a ton of like... I guess there was like, you know, the Tina Fey's and everything of the world. But even more than that, there's just a lot of really solid improvisers. Some of the funniest people I've ever met that are not yeah. like, I mean, I, some of the funniest people I ever met work day jobs, right? Like, I, oh, I, for sure. I worked, Same. I worked like uh, in technology for, you know, six years. I, I had people who were architects that were like supremely funny. It's just, it's just yeah. it's very weird to be in a city like Chicago where it's just like, that's what the improv talent was. So it was less that I was like, oh, these people and more just like, these people are me. Like I could do this. Yeah. This it felt so. It felt at the same time so mystifying and like it was blowing my mind and very much like, oh, I can move here and do this, and that will be what I, I am capable of doing. That. Yeah, that's so cool. I I mean I just didn't. I absolutely watched Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, as a as a kid, and I one hundred percent like. I feel like I was like, oh, I. Like I like this and I'm and I'm kind of the funny one in my class and I just never I just don't think I put it together. Like for some reason I felt like it was more reasonable that I would become like a serious actress <laughs> like that that would be a successful no, for sure. path for me than doing the thing that's like frankly way more fun. And, you know, neither one of them are any more realistic to have as a career than the other, really. So, Well, I I apologize to anyone listening to this uh, because I do not want to give the impression that having a career as an improviser is an attainable thing. I teach Uh improv a lot and I say, look, if if your aspiration here is to be famous doing improv, you got to get that out of your head. Like, if you want to be a comedian, like, go write, you know, go. Improv is not going to be the path to you not having to work anymore. Um, Right. It turns out it was the path for me, but I don't, don't do thi- it. I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like considering that it might not have been. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I I worked I worked in like the tech industry in Chicago for the majority of the time that I was doing improv. But I will say, I, I always felt like I was doing it for the right reasons. Like I was doing it because I loved doing yeah. it, and it was your it's what you do in your spare time. You know, you you give six or seven nights a week uh, to it, and you sacrifice a lot of like your personal life, but. It, it was so fun. It was just so fun to do. Yeah. See, that's when you say you did six to seven nights a week. In my mind, I'm like, but how can you be an introvert? Like, I, just <laughs> I, could, I wouldn't be able to leave the house. On like, day four, I would be like, I, I, don't, I can't be. I'm not doing this again. Right. Like, they, oh, they I got to I got to cave up for a while. There were plenty of day fours in there. And apologies, that's my dog. We gave my dog a bath today, and she has been just heinous ever since. She did not it's, like that bath. It's insane the like the sort of surplus of energy that comes from somewhere inside a dog's body and mm-hmm. mind 
following a bath. It's like, <laughs> where was this? Like, this is use use burn through this faster because this is like this is living in a weird like extra like compartment somewhere that only is released when you when you take a bath and it is crazy it's like demonic it's a it's a glint in her eyes that is like oh you (laughs) are going to be unmanageable today yeah 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 absolutely same same uh but she hasn't had a bath since november so and we're not recording this uh crazy ahead of time so uh it's been a long time since she's had a bath (laughs) and she was very stinky do you ever take her to somewhere or does that feel like an expense that's like what are we doing you gotta just bathe this dog because i go back and forth on that she has the anxiety so it's like i can't even take her anywhere she has everything that i do has to be done like by hand on this thing Uh because we we took her one time we took her to a um uh, uh, kennel for like an overnight stay and it was like a test day we weren't even out of town but they were like yeah bring her here to test and we, I went to pick her up and they're like well so she failed she failed her <laughs> overnight test she howled like a crazy uh, dog oh, all no. night long every other dog was very upset about it uh-huh. and I had given her like three trazodone for anxiety which should have zonked her out but instead she just yeah. became a howling zombie so after that I was like okay so we're we manage her anxiety in different ways, but uh, she's a, she's a stay at home dog for sure. Well, wait. So, what did when I saw just saw both of you? Where was she? She was at home. Um, we can't With somebody like, who came over. Yeah, exactly. We have Got we it. have like house people come over and, and uh, friends or at that point I think it was Mariah's brother, my wife's brother, um, yeah. who, who came and stayed with her. You got it. You can't ever run out of friends. You got to always keep a stable of people who are going to be willing to come in and dog see it. And it's for that, for that so reason. hard for me to be nice to that many people, but I have to do it. Like I have yeah. to maintain these social bonds. Because for her. For, it's for her. her. It's for her. Everything oh, that we do is for her. The so house beautiful. we bought for her, uh-huh. the friends that we keep for her. It's all, it's all for her. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. In the briefest time, I feel like we got to know each other. Bro, I appreciate you so much for that. Do you read minds or what? It's really a very sacred space you've created here. <laughs> bullseye! You've hit the bullseye, baby! Bullseye! Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. Did you have pets growing up? Yeah, I um I had I had a dog in uh like grade school through she died when I was in high school. Um and then we adopted another dog uh when I was in when I was like I think a sophomore in high school, um who was a great dog, but when my mom moved away, we had to give that dog up. And then I think at one point we had adopted a stray cat um because there was a it was like a half indoor half outdoor cat like sometimes we just wouldn't see it for three days um, but it was like it came up to my little brother and my mom at the library and just kind of like flopped down and they took it home and inside we... the library yeah paging <laughs> through paging through a novel oh we, hello we had a 95 pound lab who was like very prey oriented and we brought home this like skinny starving cat and it it my the lab got in that cat's face and she smacked it uh, with her claws one time and yeah. the lab never messed with the cat again. I feel like that's sort of I mean that's kind of the the folklore around cats and dogs. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't even think it's funny because when you said that I was like, wait, are labs sort of predatory in the way? Because like I have a husky and it doesn't even matter if she wants to play with another dog, it doesn't matter. Her look of intensity 
looks like she is going to hunt down something and tear it to shreds. Yeah. Like, there's no difference in the way she looks. But I think of Labs as being so like, <laughs> me, pick up something, I don't know. They're dumb and goofy, but this one went after squirrels like nothing else. Like, squirrels, yeah. possums, any outdoor thing, she, I mean, she just could not get enough of. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so... so I, I did grow up with dogs, and I'm I'm definitely a dog person. I'm allergic to cats, which sucks because I kind of like cats as well. But yeah. I take a daily allergy medicine anyway because I'm allergic to the world as well. Uh, so I probably could, uh, yeah, you know, hack it with a cat. But they're um we're we're comfortable being a one dog family with our anxious dog at this point. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I am I've developed an allergy to my dogs over the years. When I first got tested for allergies, I was allergic to a bunch of other stuff and not dogs. And then when I just got tested last year, he was like, "And everything is the same?" Uh, of course, this this this, of course dogs. And I was like, "Check the chart. That was not there before. I think this is a mistake." And he was like, "Oh no. I'm sorry. You've developed those allergies." The the fact that you can develop allergies, what a con. What a so what a mean. Yeah, just Rough treatment by the yeah. world. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Sucks. Um, Indianapolis is one of those cities. I've been there once, um, but I don't have a sense of like when someone says they live in Chicago. Sure. And they say Chicago. I definitely can picture the city of Chicago and I have a sense of like, yes, there are a bunch of different neighborhoods, but like you're in a city. Is Indian? Don't be mad. But is Indianapolis more like a city of like just kind of suburban neighborhoods and then like a smaller downtown. I can't remember. And I think I was staying out more like by a convention center, which was more remote, yeah. you know? It, I mean, Indianapolis does not have a huge downtown. It's like Indianapolis, like proper, like all of Indianapolis. I, I don't know. It's like a little over a million people, I think. But what Indianapolis is, is we have an interstate circling Indianapolis and everything inside of that interstate is Indianapolis. So it's That's like 60. chocolatey center. It's like 60 okay. miles wide. It's it's okay. huge. Um, oh, okay. So it, there's a lot of Indianapolis, and so it can feel like suburban and like neighborhoody. Um, yeah. But but it's just it's just because it's like so kind of spread out and and dispersed. Okay. Uh, but I grew up on the the east side of Indianapolis, and then um, my the, for anyone who's from Indiana, my my parents are divorced, but my mom lived on the east side, and my dad lived in Carmel. Um, and uh, Carmel is like the hoity-toity part of Indianapolis. So when I tell people my dad lived in Carmel, they're like, "Oh, your dad lived in Carmel." But my dad's section of Carmel was annexed so he didn't live in like the nice hoity-toity part of the uh-huh. town he lived in the part that they were like yeah i guess we'll take this because uh, it's on this side of the river i guess we'll have this part of uh, carnival so so yeah so i i i don't know indianapolis i'll never go back there like i'll never i'll never live there again indiana yeah. in general not not for me not uh-huh. my people not my tribe um uh-huh. but yeah you know teach their own like i won't even say it's a perfectly nice place because it's not it's just a place <laughs> it's a place that exists uh-huh. <laughs> I, I my brothers both live there and they, you know they're they're nice guys but uh uh-huh. yeah in, indiana in, in general um we we will we won't be seeing much of each other uh anytime soon yeah I think it's funny that you described it as being uh, encased by a freeway, which I turned into candy, and then you promptly <laughs> added on that your dad lives in Carmel. That felt like such a weird gift. Uh-huh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. Well, I didn't mean. Way great, cool. Thank you for that. Um, and did they have? Did they share custody? Like, did they like? Did you went to the same high school? And yeah. Were you seeing both of them? A fair amount. My my parents got divorced when I was two, so I never really knew them like as a couple. So when when I grew up. Uh, 
we, we basically, we didn't split time. My mom had primary custody, but it was like my dad, I think it was like Wednesdays and every other weekend, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we floated between a, a fair amount, but I-, I And who's, I, who's we? You have siblings? Yeah, I have a, an older brother and a younger brother. So my older brother's oh. three years older and my younger brother's two years younger. So we were just like- said, Instead of saying the Cohen brothers, I almost said the JPC brothers. <laughs> Well, I, that's, that's as that, if that was your last name. It's funny too because my older brother's my half brother, so he has a different last name. Um, my little brother is my like full blood brother, different last name. I changed my name huh? when I was twenty, so I have a different last name. And my mom kept her maiden name um, when after she got divorced from my dad. No so one she, has the same name. No that's one has. No me. one in my family has the same name, which is which is wild. That is wild. Yeah, it's a. Uh, my it, mom kept my last name only because like she and my dad split up when I was really little but she was like I need to I want to be associated with my daughter and so and they didn't like do anything fancy like hyphenate or anything which they kind of could have and almost should have like they seem like the kind of parents who might have done that done that yeah but they didn't and so my mom just stayed Marsha Varney for the entirety of my life but was never like did not have a relationship to my dad other than like yes we had this kid together and our friends well, that, that seems weird because also when I changed my name, not a single person in my family volunteered to change their name to the name that I changed my name to, which I think is kind of bullshit. Like if they really wanted to be like closer to me, they all would have <laughs> they all would have volunteered. Wait, why did you change your name? Uh, I, I never really had much of a connection to my uh, my old name. And so as mm-hmm. soon as I was graduated high school, I started going by uh, John Patrick Cohen, which is my name now. Um, and then I started going by it as like a stage name. And then uh, with, with the modicum of money that I was making via a stage name, I started being like, oh, it's confusing to tell people to like write me a check to a different name. Sure. So then I just, I went to uh, a lawyer and paid like the, you know, $400 uh, at the time to to change my name like legally. Yeah. Uh, it, there was a part of me that was like waiting until I was like, I don't want to, like, my grandma will not understand me changing my name. So I'll just, like, wait until she dies, and then I won't have to, like, worry about it. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'll just do this immediately because <laughs> because it doesn't matter. I, I remember once my grandma was like, she was like, you'll always be this other name to me. And I was like, grandma, that could not care. I could not care less about that. I was like, that <laughs> that matters to me not at all what you think of the name that I chose. Like, it, it truly doesn't. Because uh, I always th- thought that was very weird about, like, other people being very protective of, like, your name. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was one of those things where if I think about myself now, I don't th- – I think about myself with the name that I chose, and I don't yeah. think about myself with the name that I had when I was growing up. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And you're obviously not the only person who sort of had that experience. Yeah. Once again, that's just another thing where, like, I don't feel like I had a strong positive or negative association with my name, but I just didn't – nothing – I feel like what I've learned from doing this podcast low these 10 years is – I just didn't think a whole lot about much. <laughs> like I feel like there's just a lot of yeah. me being like, I knew it would never even occur to me to <laughs> da 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 da. I'm like, what was I? I it makes me feel kind of bad because I'm like, what was I doing? I mean, I was very, I was writing. I was like a creative kid, but I there's just so much that people experience as younger people that I was just like, oh, I guess I could have thought to do that, or I could have yeah. thought about that, and like it just never. 
I feel like my world was like very narrow in ways I didn't realize. Well, what what finally did it for me, because I, I had these like, you know, uh, flirtations, especially as a young person with changing my name. But I, I was in I think I was in, in high school where my grandma on my dad's side took me to see her husband's um, uh, grave. Yes, grave. Her, his headstone. And while oh. we're at the headstone, uh, at the <laughs> headstone. I, could... I don't understand what. I can't tell if you were searching for the right word or if you the concept itself became like, was it his house? I, it was No, it was his grave. I was trying to remember what the thing was that marks a grave. And I was like, tombstone, headstone. Yeah. Uh, but so we, we went to see that. And then she was like, oh, and we can see your great uncle's headstone while we're here as well. And she goes, you were named after your great uncle. And I had the exact same name. Uh, I was born with the same name as my great uncle who died when he was like seven days old. Oh, no, that's super creepy. I know, I mean, right? no offense. No, no, offense. no I, I was offended because I was like, yeah. I, was, I found that out and I was like, you guys named me the same name as someone who died as a baby when yeah, I was a baby? Is that, that not bad luck? That yeah. seems like terrible luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like there are, <laughs> there are weird stories in like historical crime stuff where... And even just, reg- I don't know why I'm saying historical crime stuff, mostly because like most of the history I know anything about is probably adjacent to crime in some sure. way. But people who like, you know, kept having a baby that would die. And then, you know, like in the 1700s, they're like, and then I had Duncan. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't make it. So then I had Duncan. Yeah. And unfortunately, he lived three days. And then two years later, I was we were gifted with Duncan. <laughs> like, it's, no. It's so. Pick a different name. Please pick a different name. It's Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's uh, just a very unnerving thing uh, to tell yeah. a child who's like, oh, and also okay. like to see the physical gravestone is even worse. Cause yeah, that's yeah, that's like makes a weird impression on you when you're a kid. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely made a weird impression on me when I was a kid. But it helped me because I was like, oh, this is not a name I have any connection with, and I yeah. can't wait to get out of it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, and is your was your high school really big? Was it like big football-y kind of high school? So it actually was like a big football-y high school, but it wasn't a big high school because I went to Catholic school. Um, I went to Catholic school like K through 8, and then there were two other Catholic schools, um, uh, one on like the east side where I was from and then one on like the northeast side. And I went to the one on the northeast side. It was called uh, – or is called Cathedral. And I think – I'm not a big football guy. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big football guy, but our school, I think, had a good football team. I believe we won state, but we were in a division that was like way lower. So it wasn't like a good football high school. It was like the best of a bad football high school, I believe. But again, yeah. I was not playing football, so I, I don't really know. <laughs> Why don't you ask me if we had a good football team? Did you have a good football team? No idea. Never <laughs> occurred to me to go to a game. Never occurred to me to ask. Never <laughs> occurred to me to have any awareness at all of any sports going on in my school. Yeah. What a nerd. Uh, we, I know we had good football and we had good um, women's volleyball. That's what we had yeah. at my school. Um, nice. But. Uh, the, the, I don't think I ever maybe went to a game unless it was one that I was like um, I was in band for two years so I oh, did okay. go to games that it was mandated to be at to play like the halftime entertainment but that's sure. that's pretty much it so that wasn't even being in band wasn't an uh, wasn't an immediate like you will be at all of the games playing in the band for the for the games I you know I think I don't even I don't really remember if we had to go to all the games because that seems like way too many but I do know <laughs> that there were some games that we did I don't think it was all I think it was really? just like I think Again, I only what, know from what I've seen in, on TV shows and in movies, and there's always a band playing, so I'm drawing my conclusions from that. Mostly what band did was we did marching band competitions, but 
and so that, those were all done like on football fields. But I don't think that we went to a ton of like our teams. Our our, our school was a like a small-ish Catholic school. My graduating class was like three hundred and fifty, and our whole school was like twelve hundred kids. And, Ask me how big my graduating class was. Oh, I can't wait. No idea. No idea. I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Don't know how big my school was. Never occurred to me to pay attention. And in my mind now, I just see like a version of you who's just very <laughs> young with like your nose like just buried in a book for four years and like I occasionally looking that, up yeah. to be like, what's going on? I mean, I wish it were that cool. I mean, I definitely did plays. Sure. Like I was present enough to not have a good excuse for being that out of it for everything that didn't directly involve me, <laughs> directly involve me and my physical body being in a place. Yeah, well. it's very sad. All right, what did you play? What instrument did you play? Wait, should I guess? Yeah, please. You, I don't think you, marching band. I don't think you'll get it in a million years. Okay, is it because? This it's an instrument that was so dangerous it's since been retired. Yeah, they don't. They, it only existed for like a four year period in Indiana, <laughs> and then they took it off the face. Unlikely. Of the earth. Actually, Unlikely. me saying that that you won't get it in a million years probably gives too much away. So maybe you will get it, but that that's all. That's all I will say if you want to guess. Okay, so it's it's like something that people don't usually think of when they think of a marching band instrument. Correct. Well, we think of drums. Sure. Yeah. We think of tubas. Tubas, of course. Obviously, obviously, big we one. We think of. We think of probably like some flutes, clarinets. Woodwinds. I don't feel like I've seen many violins or fiddles on the band. Not a ton. Circuit. Not a ton. Um, was it? Is it? Was it a woodwind instrument? It was not a woodwind. No. Was it some sort of portable organ, like a piano, like a thing you would think of as being stationary? That it was made a portable version for you. I love that, but it was not. Okay. Am I on to something with you would think this would be a thing you couldn't carry onto a football field? Yes, because it's it, it in fact was not ever carried onto the football field. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Th- I consider it like an air horn enough of an instrument. That is for you so to funny. Off in the background, like <laughs> yeah. And I said that. I was in band, but I guess I was never officially in the band, whatever that means for the school. <laughs> Okay, never left the, huh. I mean, I want it to be a harp. I don't think it is. I think you're closest so far with harp, but it was not a harp. Like a stand-up bass? Uh, you're, you're, you're so close with stand-up bass, uh-huh. but it is a kind seated, of bass. Seated bass. I play the electric bass. Oh, I know you play bass. God damn it. Yeah, I, well, I already know you play bass just as a human being, for some. but it didn't occur to me that that would be, yeah, you're right. I, you're right. I, I played the bass... Uh, so poorly um, for I, I got a bass when I was like in seventh grade and I learned how to play only tabs. And then I went to marching band and they were like the first day I got to I got to band camp. It was like pre high school, like the summer before high school. Um, and I had went to band camp and I met another guy who uh, grew to be one of my friends in high school who also played bass. And I said, do you know how to read music? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, neither do I. And we found <laughs> yep. some other kid, a senior to yeah. um tab out our uh, our our bass music for us. Great. So he took all the music that we were going to be playing that season or whatever and tabbed it out for us. Then the year after that, that guy graduated and they handed us more music and we didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> so what we would do is that sophomore year, we would just, um, for competitions, we would just turn our amplifier off and we would pretend to play the music. 
<laughs> and no one ever noticed. No one ever noticed. One time, one time, and we, <laughs> so we, in, in pit crew, we're there with like the xylophones and like the <laughs> gong and like the timpanis and the stuff that can't be carried onto the field yeah. to, to march around with. Yeah. And we would just jam out on, you know, the electric bass and we would like really groove and get into it. And at one point in a competition, we got a judge's note that the bass was too loud uh-huh. and we were like, okay, yeah, we'll 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 turn it down a little more next time. And the whole time we were like, that bass wasn't even fucking on. We were just jamming too. We were just like <laughs> dancing and grooving too much. What a weird science experiment that somebody would see. I mean, possibly just see you gesticulating yeah. intensely and be like, that must translate to the music for to them being too loud. I was God. I mean, they're too loud. I was so much more of a theater kid uh, than a music kid, anyway. So after sophomore year, I was like, I can't do another uh, two years of faking this. Um, Also, (laughs) with band, you had to do zero period, which was the period before first period. We had to wake up so early and then go to the field. Yeah, no, thank you. Oh no, no, no! I had so many absences from first period. So many, so many absences. It was. I was very difficult to wake up in the morning in high school and just hated it and was always so sad when a class I I actually liked was first period because I was like oh I would have enjoyed I would have enjoyed being there I really would have enjoyed being there if it were a different time I I never really was one for skipping school I went to school the times that I was allowed to go to school but my mom was okay with the idea of a mental health day if you just told my mom hey I need a mental health day she would be like cool you can I'll call in you don't have to go to school and I got called in I don't know it was like maybe junior year we had we were allowed to have 10 excused absences per year. And I got called into the principal's office because I had nine excused absences. And they were like, this is a lot of excused absences. And I said, no, it's not. It's one less than the number I'm allowed to take. I was like, yeah. if you wanted less excused absences, these are excused. I'm not even skipping school. Like they're, they they yeah. have been sanctioned. I was yeah. I was livid. I was so pissed uh, about, about getting called in for that. And I was like, actually, sure. I have one more before I even have to talk to you fucking people. Yeah. That is interesting. It, it, it does. I mean, I I would imagine that a lot of kids would take advantage of that, but maybe their parents weren't as on board for it. And you really you were the person that yeah. sort of pressed the issue because you were dangerously close to meeting that number. And maybe that I wonder if they like reduced it after that. If they're like, oh, he's not wrong. Matter, matter. Let's ruin it for the rest of the kids next year and make those make it four. I, I went to uh, I, I'm not Catholic and I never was Catholic. And I went to Catholic school the entire time that I went to school. And I as actually back then I was a little more uh, hardcore about being an atheist. And so there was a, I would push back pretty strongly in which I think is, is good for learning. It's rigorous debate sure. um, in all of the religious classes that were sanctioned to go on but there was also just a lot of um fights with the administration of the schools that i was going to Hmm. um like that picture that i that i took uh or that is you know for the episode i assume my hair was very long and a lot of schools had like policies on uh how long boys hair could be for whatever reason um and so i made sure when i was picking which high school i went to that i read their rules of conduct and i wasn't um breaking them because i'd gone through like seventh and eighth grade at my grade school really fighting my administration pretty hard on and having them update the handbook several times to accommodate for me trying to like worm my way through the rules so (laughs) i was always pretty um uh, I was always pretty aggro when it came to dealing with the administrators at my school. You're a shit disturber. Truly, I was. And my older brother um, was really smart, and they really liked my older brother. And so they needed him. Like they, He was like uh-huh. a national merit scholar and everything. So they, they, they needed his association. And I think I got a lot of – I got – 
I got a lot over on my, you know, connection to him uh, in that uh-huh. way, which was which was great <laughs> for me and not as great for my little brother. <laughs> yeah. So by the time your little brother got into school, they were like, well, you, you have one of two options. You're either going to be this kid or this kid. Which one is it? As if he can't also be his own person. I think we all we all found our own paths because my older brother and I were very good at school. My older brother was very smart. I was just very good at school. And mm-hmm. my little brother was like not good at school and had no problem like letting school know that he was not going to be uh-huh. good at school. So <laughs> I, I, we all we all we all found out our own little like niche when we when we got there together. Well, that seems like it would be that's got to be like also kind of troubling to the administration, because if you are a shit disturber, it would be easier for them if what went along with that was like you also getting an F and this and a D and this because F you, everybody. Yeah. And to be like fighting against something that feels unreasonable to you and then also doing well, I feel like, like what do we do with this? This is like this breaks all precedents. I remember I got disciplined my junior year. I got kicked out of a religion class um, because of, you know, um, personality differences uh, with me and the uh, religion uh, uh, teacher at the time. And it was me and like seven other boys got kicked out of religion class. And we couldn't go back for like a week when they were doing, I don't even know, they were doing like the, whatever the Catholic version of sex ed is. Um, So we were basically not allowed to go to class for a week. And we got sent to the... Oh, they found something for a pack a whole week into for a Catholic version of sex. That seems like you're really stretching with the material you're offering. Yeah, they they said it originally they were like the rest of the semester you can't go back but then they let us back like after a week but we went to the and it was just me and I think it was me and like six Wait, other boys. Wait, that's part of the religion class? Yeah, dude. It was messed up. Whereas religion oh. class was every year and junior year like the second half of the of uh, the junior year semester was like sex education or something like that and there was like a part where people were like sharing or asking questions or something and they were like that these boys can't be in this class, um, which, you know, fair. I didn't want to be in the class anyway, um, so it wasn't really a punishment. But I got sent to the vice principal of, like, punishment. I can't remember what his title was. It was, it was so many vice principals that each had their own individual role at my school. Uh-huh. And he was, like, the vice principal of, like, making sure you know that you're, like, a bad guy. And he... <sighs> We got sent to his, and he was like going down the line to the boys, and he was like, "Jeremy, you're like you're you know you're a football player. You should be a leader. I can't believe that you're here." And he got to me, and he pointed at me, and he goes, "You, I don't even know what you're doing here." And I was like, "That's all I get. I get. And I don't oh. even know what you're doing here." Yeah. Uh, which I was <laughs> I was pretty proud of. Um, I was gonna say, hold on, because I feel like this is gonna be turning on on me to be something a point of pride. I wish that there had been. It would be great if you had said that there was uh, a vice principal for every sin. <laughs> 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 for sins of gluttony, yeah. when kids would eat too much, uh, we had the seven vice deadly vice come. principles for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> and who were like, like your friendships and like what you would do on the weekends and stuff? What did what would the, was that like for you? So I, for me, um, and uh, uh, sorry to any of, of your young listeners, but I. By the time I got to high school, I was pretty done with, like, drug and alcohol culture um, Mm -hmm. because I had spent my, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade years just getting absolutely fucking wasted. (laughs) And and so I I was, like, closer to... 6th grade. (laughs) Even as a person who dropped acid at age 13... I'm still like, oh boy. I mean, I'm still grade. I'm still from Indiana, and there was there truly was not much to do except you know steal liquor. Um, and and yeah. I grew up in a Catholic neighborhood, so everybody had a fucking older brother or an older cousin, so you yeah. could get alcohol, you know, 
any any which way that you wanted to. And I, I also, you know, I wasn't exactly enthused about it either. Like, I just remember, I remember in like sixth grade, my friends started smoking pot and I was like, fuck, I guess this is it now. Like, I gotta, <laughs> I, gotta I guess I gotta smoke pot now. Um, yeah. So but by the time I got to high school, I was pretty over that. And I think that high school is also the age that, people start discovering that in earnest. Sure. But for me, I was like, no, 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 this is, it's been, it's been too long. I, I want to get, uh, you know, as far away from that as, as possible. So yeah. I was, I was very much like in the theater, like nerd camp for most of my time in high school. Um, but until senior year, when I was like uh, 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 our class officer or whatever, um, because I realized that I wanted to run for class office because you could put posters up all over the school. And I was like, oh, this is just an open license to like do jokes all over the school, <laughs> uh, which was fun. And and I and since I won that race, I would always tell people I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, class officer. But it's just basically a popularity contest. Well, what does class contest. officer mean? Because we would have, I mean, I feel like we had a student council. First of all, I don't I I couldn't tell you if we really had one in um, high school because I wasn't paying attention. But I was class secretary in eighth grade. But I feel like class officer is sounds generic to me. It was so generic because we had student council, which was something different. And then we had like it was supposed to be like class president, vice president, whatever. But I I think I don't know if for whatever reason, my senior year there, they didn't want to like decide who was what or whatever. Um, so I was just like, it was me and four other people that got to eat pizza with the like principal, like every couple of months and do nothing else. Uh And I think I was supposed to give a speech at graduation. I believe I was supposed to do that. And then I think that there was some other duty that I was supposed to do. Um, and when you say supposed to, do you mean that you did not give a speech at graduation or? Yeah, I just, I straight up no called, no showed on them, uh, because, and then I, uh, I went and picked up my diploma like three days later and they were like very mad at me and I was like <laughs> you know stay mad yeah Who yeah cares? I didn't go to my graduation either yeah good for you I know I was I was You're my uh, guy I was not I was not very into the uh I was very anti-administration at my school and I was not very much into following uh the things that they wanted uh kids to do I appreciate that so much and then dating were you dating at all I didn't really date much in high school. I I dated like early on when I was like maybe like freshman year. Um, But then I didn't really date between freshman year. I didn't date sophomore year or junior year until like senior year. I I don't I was like I also have this philosophy as well with like um, people that I improvise with. Like I know that uh, especially in Chicago, the improv community, a lot of people, you know, find partners there or like sure. go through uh, relationships there. But I was like, it feels too close. Like this, oh these my are God, the people. That's such a wise decision. It's gets it so messy and uncomfortable. This is the community. Like I, I would just see like it tear up like friend groups and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. My best friend and I, uh, also in school, we had the crush on like the same girl. And then I was like, and then he asked her out and she like, uh, rejected him and then I was like well now I can't ask her out because that's my best yeah. friend like I can't yeah. I can't do that so yeah there was there was uh, there was those complications and I feel like I in lieu of uh, adjusting the social dynamics there I, I decided to take myself out of that equation uh-huh. <laughs> I'm on the bench ladies yeah sorry ladies, ladies. I'm on the bench please I'm on the bench. I also wasn't really like I said like partying at that time either so I wasn't really engaging in a lot of the uh uh those same like social things that other people were doing oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun hey did grad school ruin your reading habits oh my god all those books you had to read for grad school did becoming a parent destroy your ability to focus on a book 
Did the pandemic tank the number of novels you can get through in a year? Ugh, that happened to everyone, and we're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. We'll get you out of a book slump, dismantle all that weird reader guilt. Which we know you have a lot of, but most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I do like to play this game of MASH uh, at the end of every episode. Um, Are you familiar with what MASH is? Mm -hmm. Mansion, apartment, shack, house. I never played this game in high school, um, which or or ever, really. Uh, And my wife explained it to me uh, before I did the show. She was like, oh, yeah, MASH. And I was like, MASH? And she was like, you never played MASH? And I was like, no, I I guess I had a very different experience. yeah, there's no rhyme games. or reason to who knows what mash is. I'm all, I'm never surprised when someone's like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and, I, and I guess I am surprised sometimes when people are like, of course I know what mash is. I'm sure. like, you're not the person I would have thought would know, but okay. All right. So I'm going to, but all you have to do is just answer off the cuff, which I am not worried about you doing at all. So Perfect. Let's start with three TV shows that you would have loved to have been on. And it can be from any era, any, any time frame. Is this when I was in high school? Three TV shows that this I would have This is like just. I mean, on? you can you can honor your high school self, but you absolutely. This is very much like what what uh, alternate universe can we build for you right now that you would be happy with? Dude, okay, I get that. Because fuck that little guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's so over. I I think uh, especially like me as a kid who is over um, and is was also just kind of a completely different person with a different name. I would have flipped to be like a character on The Simpsons. I think that that would have been yeah. like I loved The Simpsons growing up, so that that would have been a, a a big popular one for me. But you would still be happy with that if that if we were like and and today you were also got to be on The Simpsons, not this version of The Simpsons. It could be whatever era. Of the yeah, Simpsons. I was gonna say I don't want to like yeah. uh, talk smack because I haven't seen The Simpsons and and you know since Many I was years. that age. But yeah. if I could pick an age where I wanted to be on The Simpsons, it would have been, you know, uh, back back then. Um, Then I I guess we'll we'll honor we'll honor the uh, the little kid inside of me that wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. So we'll do that as well. Um, But if uh, if I got offered to be on Saturday Night Live now at the age that I'm at now, I would Uh say, oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck to you and yours. I'm all good. (laughs) I'm all good here. For sure. Um, One more. And then, you know, I, I watched a ton of it in high school, so I'll probably say Friends. But then I would tell people nowadays, I'm like, oh, yeah, like my character didn't age well. Don't don't Uh watch. Don't watch that. You don't need to watch that. (laughs) Terrific. Okay, Uh, let's do three places in the world you would love to have a second home if we could sort of teleport you there. Uh, I'm not much for uh, not one for international travel. Um, I've only been to Europe once and I've only been been to uh, uh, any other part of the Americas once. Um, so I'm going to pick local places. I, 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 I'm I not going to just go sight unseen to some countries that uh-huh. I am not familiar with, <laughs> even though it's really appealing to get out of the United States. That uh-huh. would be that would be wonderful. Um, I will say probably somewhere in the mountains. Uh, I really like Boulder, Colorado. So I'll say, sure. uh, I, uh, you know, I'm assuming at this point that I'm also rich and I can afford to live in Boulder, Colorado. Well, well listen, you might have a shack in, in Boulder, <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. But that's, that just says that's a small mountain cabin. It's the interpretation is, uh, you know, you can really it's loose. So. Uh, You'll be fine. Okay, so I'll say Boulder, Colorado. I'll say, I'll say Austin, Texas, because if it were up to me, I would eat breakfast tacos for every meal of the day. Um, Same. And then uh, well, let's go to another part of the country. Oh, you know where? I, I really liked um, – this would be awful to live there, I think, but uh, Acadia, uh, Maine, the Acadia okay. National Park. Gorgeous national park out there. Oh, great. 
I've never been to Maine, and I feel some shame about that. Hey, if you're going to go anywhere in Maine, go to the uh, Acadia National Park because it's okay. wonderful. Acadia. This is great to know. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do three foods that in this alternate universe we're building, um, you can have as much as you want. And it could be, you know, if it's something that feels ecologically irresponsible, like if you're a vegetarian and you want to have that perfect thing, like this, all, all of that stripped away and everything, somehow we figured it out and no one's getting harmed. Nothing oh, is getting harmed. Thank or God. Or you, you would also just have like limitless sugar and yeah. not ever crash. Like this is all. This is this is for the vice. Shout out to the vice principal of gluttony. This oh, yeah. category is for you, my friend. Well, I mean, you said it. Like, it, I, if I can ethically consume an almond, I'm definitely going to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I will say, I love like I love almonds, um, but I do sometimes feel guilty about eating them uh, because I they, they like take more water to make I than know. cows. Uh, I am a vegetarian, but I will go with like a migas breakfast taco because sure, just like you know, uh, it's so simple, but. Eggs, yeah. cheese, beans. Oh, every day of my life I could eat that. And when then, you were here, did you go to Home State by any chance? Home State Tacos? Did anyone tell you to go there? No. I, I spent so much time. I went to this restaurant called Crossroads. Every time I go to California or to uh, Los Angeles specifically, I go there because it's like upscale vegan food and it's so good. And I I Where love is it so it? it is. Uh, it's I, I truly don't know LA geography enough I, I to know. Look it it's up. called this Crossroads Kitchen. Um, okay. And it's it was it, the reason why I went to it was because it's by the Improv, which was where we did a show like three years ago, and it was gotcha. like right next door. It sounds like Melrose. Oh, yeah, Melrose, yeah. exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and I know that I went there with my wife, and she saw like uh, two TikTok uh, people that she knew. She's like, "These are TikTok people," and I was like, "Well, uh-huh. you know, that's a nice. It's LA. <laughs> that's that's where we are." Um, so uh, one more, God, uh, if this is something that I truly just never have to like mess with the fuss of actually making and I could just have, I will yes, say a smoothie because I love me a smoothie, but nothing is worse to clean up than a blender and nothing is worse than making something that has like 13 different ingredients that I have to blend up. Yeah. But oh, great. Yeah. I feel like I've heard a couple of smoothie talks on a Hey Riddle Riddle. Uh, sounds like Aaron's uh, smoothie maker. We we had a big smoothie phase here in this household <laughs> uh, not too long ago. We've we've mellowed out on it a little bit, but it, smoothies come in they come in like a cycle. So we'll yeah. we'll be back to it eventually. Yeah, the smooth. Well, you'll you'll start. You, what's have, have you start to have that like arthritis feel in your, yeah. <laughs> in your knuckles, and you'll know that smoothie mm, season's coming. We should have coming. another smoothie. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, next uh, category. Let's do and listen. I do. I never feel good about this category when I know wow. and appreciate Uh-oh. the significant other of someone. Oh, sure. Unfortunately, in this alternate universe, not around. Not around. Don't know her. Alternate universe. Three people you would like to have romance or sexy times with. Uh, any character, any era, any age. We'll we'll, we'll go with we'll go with um, a salute to uh, a, a little high school JPC, and I'll say uh, Jessica Alba, uh, like Dark Angel era, um, which is my my first uh, introduction to uh, to Jessica Alba. Um, Great. Uh, probably Halle Berry, uh, big on the list. God, yeah. and then I have to think of one more. I have an overabundance. I, what is Jessica Alba going to think when I choose someone else over her? <laughs> Poor Halle Berry in this situation. They uh, may never know. They may yeah, never know. They may never know. Um, I don't know. And then I'll 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 say Marge Simpson. We'll we'll uh, we'll throw it back to the Simpsons <laughs> and, and give a shout out to uh, some some animated uh, animated great. love. Great, great, great. Okay, next category. Let's do three people that you would love. Uh, maybe. 
I mean, yeah, we'll make it pe- people who pre- currently exist too, but it can be somebody that you probably won't have the opportunity to collaborate with on something. And it can and it can be any type of creative thing. It can be somebody you'd love to improvise with, but it could also be like someone you wish you would have written a screenplay with or um, worked your tech job with, although that might be less pleasing to the listener because they'll be like, who's that? Lord, no. Um, Please tell me I don't have to work my tech job <laughs> There was them. a guy named Bob Coleman who <laughs> I heard about work there a couple years before me. People said he was such a gas. I always wished I had the chance to work with him uh okay so uh, and so this could be it could be a musician you know what it could be like oh yeah you didn't know that i wrote an album with darius rucker oh my god oh so uh <laughs> a fun story from from uh high school one time my um dad was picking me up from school and since i live with my mom not a lot of people knew my dad and someone was like hey i saw your dad in the parking lot uh and i was like really and they were like yeah he looks like um hootie from hootie and the blowfish and i was like Hootie? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, Darius Rucker? And they were like, I think so. And I was like, Darius Rucker's black. You know that, right? And they're like, oh, uh, I guess I didn't see your dad. So I don't know who they saw or what they thought. Uh, but they said, I, I that's so weird. A, I randomly plucked a name out of nothing, and that that would be. It was a running running joke that. for a while that my dad was a Darius Rucker lookalike, uh, which he's not. <laughs> um, but he does look like he would enjoy Hootie and the Blowfish music. So maybe that maybe that is the is the that's what line. was seeping out. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I don't know. Let's see, people that I would love to work with creatively. Um, I well, I think that I uh, a large part of like my comedic voice was developed from um, watching and listening to like Jason Menzukas. So I'll throw Jason sure. Menzukas on the list. Um, uh, God, who else? Um, I'll I'll throw. Do they have to be in a creative field? No, I know. Like I said, Bob Coleman. My first, my first and only thought here that is going through my mind is John Brown, who is an abolitionist who led a uh, an unpopular uprising that was doomed to fail. So we'll go with John Brown as well. Um, Would have loved to be part of his abolitionist uprising. And then uh, I'll give it a shout out to my homie Karl Marx. We'll we'll throw him in there as well. What a love to learn from a king. Great. Okay. Uh, three movies that you can jump into. You're not reliving the plot. Uh, you're not. You're just sort of able to be in that world, oh, and you're safe. This is great. Just okay. Uh, Con Air, number one with the bullet, and uh, p- put me as the role as just like another one of the inmates on the plane. Great. Preferably, I live throughout the whole movie. Um, but yeah, you do. Would would just love to be there for the whole ride. Uh, Jesse John Malkovich doing his thing. Um, yes. I, that I, was definitely a movie where I saw it, and I was like. Movies can be like this. <laughs> That's just a they non-stop. They can be this like, yeah, we're a fucking movie. What do you want? Yeah, we're going to do cares? whatever we want and we're going to know we're doing it. It it was so funny because Conair Conair remains one of my favorite movies. Um but it's yeah, I I fucking I fucking love that movie. Just a high octane thrill ride. Uh I, I, I'll put myself in the game with Michael Douglas uh, sure. because I don't know why this movie is just always on my brain, but I, I see the horror that Michael Douglas went through in that movie and I think, like, actually it looks pretty fucking legit. Like, uh-huh. the fact that it's all a game at the end and he, like, he's fine, like, that's pretty dope. I like that. Uh, spoiler spoiler for the game. Uh, yeah. But it yeah, be- that's definitely one of those, like, maybe don't watch this movie immediately again right after you find out it was just a game because you may find some holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, Things of course. Things that could have gone very, very wrong very quickly. I do also love that movie because it was like in before the time in technology where some of the stuff was like, oh yeah, anyone could do this with technology nowadays and it wouldn't be that impressive, but it was back yeah. to they're like, how does this analog TV like read the news? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like way before the age of deep fakes. Uh, Absolutely, then, that's exactly what it is, yep. 
I feel like I would love to be in like a little romantic comedy movie, but now I'm trying to like struggle to see. Yeah, okay, I got it. I'll, I'll I'll throw myself into the holiday, which is like a, uh, one of those Nancy Meyer movies. Myers, yep. Myers, it doesn't Myers, matter. Myers. Uh, just because it's such a it's such a fun and quaint concept to uh, go to England or uh, Los Angeles and you know swap lives for a little while. That's that yeah. to me seems fun. I feel like I've seen that movie once, and I'm not sure if I'm remembering the movie or if I'm just filling in what I imagine the movie surely sure. must have been. Yeah. based on that premise, might have I, to revisit it. I it, I watched it not too long ago, and it's not bad. Um, there. Jude Law is just so fucking charming and good looking. It's like, it's insane. Like, I don't know how anyone in any romantic situation wouldn't meet Jude Law and be like, oh, yeah, let's, I'll throw, I'll fucking throw my whole life away for this guy. Why wouldn't I? (laughs) Sure. Uh, So, yeah, I I still think that that movie slaps. Great, great. Okay. Uh, Okay. Second to last category, let's do three. Let's do three bands that um, that do like write an album for you. Somehow they are able to kind of tap into. This this thing in JPC that when you put on this music you're like this is my life how wow. do you do this this is exactly the soundtrack I would want in this moment man this is tough I <laughs> I I think I'm gonna do it based on um based on what I'm listening to right now in my life perfect um Great. so we're gonna go we're gonna go with uh, songs about Jane era Maroon Five um Great. especially because I think that album that album is almost 20 years old I think at this point so it like it kind of hit at a very perfect time uh, for me you know in, in high school adolescence. Um, also one of my favorite uh, bands in high school will go with the killers, uh, especially their early stuff. I think that that would sure. be, be absolutely thrilled if they had an album that was just kind of me uh, oriented. I would love and that. Then, I would love to hear the JPC killers album, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, that would be, and then, okay. The, the last one, I think it'll be Dua Lipa. Um, not even necessarily cause I want to hear that album, but I want other people to be like, Oh, did you know that Dua Lipa did an album about me? And they're like, <laughs> really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. She did. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, this is a good use of it. Very good use of it. Uh, Okay, and then final category for you. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Oh, I love the pressure. The pressure is there any cat? Is there anything that like would be fun wish fulfillment for you that I haven't like touched on? Like, wait, Janet, you didn't know that I was secretly a massive Star Wars fan to the point where, of course, I would want to like bring a character from Star Wars into the real world to hang out with. Uh, I did do a Star Wars actual play podcast for like five years, so oh, there, well. there, there is a little bit. But I'll be honest, I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, I just was on a Star Wars actual play podcast. <sighs> Man, I don't know. Um, is I, do I have like a secret fandom? Uh, uh, not really. I, I, I honestly, I don't love most things. Um, yeah. I, the uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to like uh, uh, pop culture or movies or television. Yeah. Um, I, what about like a se- what about like a skill that oh no I oh, whatever wait, you're gonna say oh, I, want I do have one I have one yeah um so this could be uh, uh like three fantasy novels that I would love yeah. to like oh, live yeah. inside yes. of, in the world of this is what I'm talking about give them to me uh so um I I, ju- I was just on a, a Brandon Sanderson kick um and I was reading all of the Mistborn novels which I, I'm not gonna go with the Mistborn novels I'm gonna go with the I, now I can't I think it's like the way of Kings why am I not recalling the name of the King Killer Chronicle, I believe. Oh, sure. Is it? Okay. Uh, let me, no, that's yeah. different. That's the oh. King Killer Chronicle is also very different. Hold okay. on, I'm going to figure this out uh, because that's not one. Okay. Stormlight, 
the Stormlight Archives. Stormlight I would put Archives. myself in the world of the Stormlight Archives. I don't know. Sanderson heads are going to come at me because it's all one expanded universe and it's all interconnected. But those are those are the books that I like. That, You're that's, allowed to play favorites <laughs> that's with the books, now. right? Let him I, come. That's what I say. Let uh, him come. I, I I never watched the show. I no, it's not true. I watched the first season of the show and said this is not for me. But I loved the Game of Thrones books, um, the ones that they uh, that George R. R. Martin wrote. So I will put myself in those, um, and then I will go and throw myself into the world of Pat Rothfuss's. Uh, I think that one is the King Killer Chronicles. I think that does I'm... seem right. That seems like that's Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that the one that has Kvothe in it, uh, or however you pronounce that name. Aren't so those... wasn't HBO going to make a series like that? Are they still doing that? I feel like I heard about that like five years ago. And it, but it seemed like it was in production. It didn't seem like it was like, they might do a thing. I'm going to have to I do some research. Would be thrilled for, for um, you know, Pat if he made that money. Uh, Low-key, I would be upset about that because I'm like, HBO, I think, is the reason why we never got more Game of Thrones books, right. which I enjoyed. Right. So, And we're never going to get that third book anyway, uh, no. which is fine because, hey, you're not enti- you don't have to make anything, right? Like, you sure. can just do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, sure. But I would, I, I, if I'm being honest, would really love to read that third book one day, Pat, if yeah. you're listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Oh, that's got to be six. Great. Um, thanks for being sure of that and also almost apologetic. Like, <laughs> I had no choice. Well, that's I am. got to be six. I am Sorry. from the Midwest. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, while I do some very metaphysical tabulations, will Can't you wait. please tell people uh, about your podcasts, uh, about being Shark Barkman and anything else that people should track you down to Absolutely. See, what if your what if your real name was Shark Barkman and this is just a weird wink to your family that you're the, like the, I go by Shark Barkman on a funny thing about that story when I was in uh, college I was working at this uh, self storage uh, facility and um, one time the, one of the managers of the self storage facility came in and said who is Shark Barkman. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, who is Shark Barkman? And I was like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. And he goes, someone <laughs> keeps using the gate code and their name is Shark Barkman. And I went into the gate logs and I realized that I had created a profile for myself in like the gate log in a code. And I had put the name as Shark Barkman, um, which I had forgotten about because it was not important to me. Uh, so uh, so nowadays you can find me uh, streaming, uh, playing video games at twitch.tv slash Shark Barkman. Uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, also, uh, I do a podcast with my buddy Johnny, where we review pop music, uh, which is called the Bill Buds Popcast. Uh, you can find that anywhere you find podcasts. Just look for Bill Buds, one word. Uh, it's a play on Billboard, but no one understood that, which is the <laughs> curse of anyone who does a podcast. Um, and then as we mentioned at the top, uh, you can find me on a podcast called Hey Riddle Riddle with our fourth host, uh, Janet Varney, and our uh, two other ancillary hosts, Aaron Keefe and Adel Rafai, <laughs> uh, who are uh, uh, lovely, talented people as well. Um, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much all the places. you. Oh, and I'm at JPSoFly on Twitter, because why not just have like different branding for sure. all of my <laughs> Sure. social media stuff make them work for it sure. make them work for it okay i have the results of your what i just made sound like a medical examination and it's absolutely <laughs> not this is i I'm, even clicked my pen so like well i have the results of your but would you like to take a seat this is going to be very scary i'll stand you. i think i'll stand okay. <laughs> all right you're going to want to take a seat this <sighs> is going to upset you deeply um Listen, I had to rip the Band-Aid right off. Just kidding. It's not a Band-Aid because you got a mansion in wow. Boulder. Oh, man, a mansion in Boulder. Wah, wah. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> the, the air horn I accused you of playing in high school is what I was trying uh-huh. to do. <laughs> okay. That didn't sound anything like an air horn. No, you it, do an air horn. 
What is uh, that? Uh, well, so, and I, can, I can't do an air horn, but I can do the bah, 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 which is, I, I feel like is closer. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. That's like the hype horn. I'll do the hype horn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, so you have this beautiful mansion in Boulder. Cool. Um, you also have the ability to, I mean, I mean, this is great. You get to jump into Con Air. You get oh, to yeah. jump into Con Air. Sorry, Mansion of Boulder. You ain't never going to be there because yeah. you're always going to be in Con Air. First class flying Con Air. I mean, it's going to be, there, there are a lot of tough choices in front of you. You're yeah. going to be in Con Air as, as much as possible. <laughs> yet at the same time, Jessica Alba is going to be like, I never see you anymore. Where are you? Are you mad at me? And you know who else is going to be like that? Karl Marx. I never see you uh, anymore. Oh, uh, this Why is a rock and a hard place. Why don't you want to change the world with me? Uh, All I hear about is Connie or this, Connie or that. What about progress? Honestly, if it's between Karl Marx and Jessica Alba, sorry, Mr. Marx, uh, uh-huh. your theories are going to have to wait. <laughs> That's a lot. There's just a lot going on here. Uh, I also want to congratulate you on your un limited and yet guilt-free supply of almonds oh i'm gonna Ooh. have to come in there and get in on that because i get to, i'll go through like a year of not eating almonds and then i'll like reward myself like i've earned yeah. almonds like i've made this giant sacrifice like no it still sucks you still should be eating them yet i and then i'll and then i'll eat them for a while and be like i hate myself i hate I, myself i hate myself to me though it's like a snack replacement where it's like I, if i was gonna eat chips or almonds Almonds, you know, hands down, that's the better choice for me, like, in terms of, like, yes. my health. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, sometimes you have to think about this. And sometimes I just choose not to think about the ecological devastation because mm-hmm. it's like, what am I going to do? Me, me not know. eating almonds, that's going to change the world? I don't think so. That's our problem. That And that's our problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not explored at all during your arc on The Simpsons <laughs> many years oh, ago. Oh, thank God. They like to slip in some satirical stuff to make you think every Mm-mm. once in a while, Mm-mm. but that did not occur with your character on The Simpsons. I feel like we're going to have to come up with a name for your character. Um, it might be Shark Barkman. Um, we, it <laughs> oh, may like have already that. long time existed, and I didn't even need to worry about it. Um, you also have the ability to jump into the Stormlight Archives uh, books. Oh. And um, as if that weren't enough, all of this can happen to a signature uh, soundtrack created for you by Dua Lipa. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Dua Lipa is going to hate cool having guy. she's going to hate having to read those Stormlight books. She's going to hate having to research. Uh, and she you know. is going to have to. But she's she going to have to. going to have to. And they're long, Dua Lipa. They are long. Oh, sorry, Dua Lipa. Well, listen. This was fantastic. I'm so happy I got to have you on the podcast. I don't know if in your uh, ramblings and amblings through um, through your podcast, uh, you I almost said through your your Billboard podcast, which is just <laughs> rubbing sand and salt into the wound I'm of the so name sorry. for sure, for sure. Your Billboard, your Billboard podcast. Uh, if you have come across Don Henley's Boys of Summer, but I do, this is my Boys of Summer series. I only podcast dudes in the summer, and I do invite my guest dudes to sing, chant, or rap, or make up from scratch because they don't know it at all. 
a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. So uh, I, I, I'm not an Eagles fan and I don't know shit about Don Henley, but there um, a while back on Bill Buds, um, Johnny and I, we did our top 10 um, like songs of the summer. And oh, I don't yeah. remember where it was for me, but it was definitely top 10. There's okay. a version of, there's a version of uh, uh, Boys of Summer by a band called the Ataris, which is like a, okay. pu- a pop punk band. And I'm Surely a big pop I've heard punk. it over the years of doing this. I'm a big, big fan, big fan of that version of the song. And it's honestly, if I think about Boys of Summer, that's the version that I think of. Love it. Um, so if I can, if I can beg your indulgence for a moment, I, I would. It's all lo- yours. I would love to perform a version of yes. the Atari's version of Boys of yes. Summer, sang as a duet uh, between an angel and the devil. <laughs> uh, do you mind? <laughs> Not at all. I okay. insist. <clears throat> Here we go. Out on the road today, I saw a black flag sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, Don't look back. You can never look back. I thought I knew what love was. (laughs) What did I know? Those days are gone forever. I should just let them go, but... I can't see you. (laughs) Your brown skin shining in the sun. You got the top pulled back in the... Radio on, baby. I can't tell you. My love for you will still be strong after the boys of... Summer have gone. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) The the best part was when the devil just got to sing one note. Uh, And then the angel took over. Uh, I, uh, that was a, a new all-time great. That was a new winner, no question about it. That was great. Thank you so much. And I and and I, people don't know this because this is not a visual podcast, but a tiny devil and a really big angel. Yeah, <laughs> really in. big angel with a deep a voice. Really big, super sassy angel <laughs> came in. The devil was really small, but tiny. it had a very deep voice. So I'm sorry people had to miss that aspect of it, but uh, it was real. Listeners of Hayward and Riddle will know that I got a, a soundboard a couple weeks ago. And if uh, anyone is wondering why, it is because I wanted to do this bit on your show. And then I went and downloaded a soundboard. And now it's my new favorite fucking thing in the world. And so I've just been using it at every opportunity. Absolutely. I changed your life. Did I, I listened to uh, your the episode that came out today. Uh, and I feel like it made a, I feel it was happening in that one. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I don't know this. I actually had this thought. I don't know why Casey made the decision <laughs> to make it that voice. Like it kind of makes sense. But then it like came back later. And I was like, wait, I'm trying to remember what the bit is that is that important that no. Casey has that like Casey being the mastermind of all of this is making that happen. And now to know it was you. Yeah. It, it was you. If anything, I'm just making our engineer's job harder every time I flip the soundboard <laughs> on for no fucking reason. Uh, been doing a lot in our ads as well. Sure, our advertisers are really <laughs> pleased with that. But I, I I work under a philosophy of if it's fun for me, it's probably fun for someone, right? Why not? It's way more fun for me knowing what I know now, <laughs> for sure. I have the singular pleasure of feeling partially to blame slash responsible and to thank mm-hmm. for you having the soundboard so it's a i no one else can feel the joy i'm feeling right now just, <laughs> you just can't but uh but i i feel it is very enjoyable and i very much look forward to the next time i record with you guys and i don't have a soundboard but now i i actually 
furtively looked around the room to be like, what do I have to call my voice? What's fun? What's fun? What's fun? That's not a soundboard. <laughs> what do I think that's going to be? Talking through a bracelet? Like, yeah. there's no... I guess you I could use like you it. could do like impressions or you could I don't know but I'm not gonna do that I'm just gonna, I got the soundboard now I never have to do an impression ever yeah. again. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get like that the high porn and it'll just be <laughs> like every once in a while I'll just be like and that's why I said <laughs> that's never gonna get old. No, ever, never. Oh, JPC, that was uh, so worth it, and you have shamed everyone before and to come uh, singing that song. That was my only goal. You and your your buddies, <laughs> the angel of devil. Uh-huh. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, now you know why I am so crazy about JPC and am so honored to get to do stuff with him. Please check all of those things out. And um, if nothing else, we'll see you at that storage unit because we all know the passcode now. We all know. I guess we don't because the character was Shark Barkman. Just ask for Shark code. Barkman and they'll okay. give you the code. <laughs> great, 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 great. Great, awesome. Uh, bye. Bye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one, we could save kittens from trees. Or lunch on skyscrapers, bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported